We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo, together with his father and his uncle, arrived in Yazdi, the capital of Persia, and there they were made welcome by the Khan of Persia. The Khan informed them that it would be unwise for them to enter China, as Kublai Khan had sworn that no white men should enter his land. Marco Polo conferred with his father and his uncle, and they decided to take the risk and to continue with their journey to China. They were appointed as escorts to the Princess Zelana, but before starting their journey, they sojourned several days at the palace of the Khan of Persia. Marco Polo became extremely friendly with the Princess Zelana, and his father and uncle became rather perturbed about the attention he was paying to her. Eventually, however, the three Polos and their servant, Benno, started on their journey accompanied by Captain Nadu and six men-at-arms. There were also numerous bearers, beasts of burden, and four men to carry the litter of the princess. The journey proceeded slowly and steadily until at last they reached the plain of Kierman. Here the heat was extremely oppressive and the party decided to make camp at an oasis beneath the shade of some date trees. There they remained for two days. Early on the morning of the third day, Marco Polo rose, went to the edge of the oasis to refresh himself with a drink of water. Suddenly he heard a voice softly calling his name. Marco Polo? Who calls? So the great Marco Polo does not even know who is calling. Only yesterday I spoke with him and Princess. he has forgotten my voice. What are you doing here? Why have you left your tent? Is not a princess allowed to enjoy a little freedom? I wanted to walk in the cool, clear early morning sunshine. I came here for the oasis and I saw my friend Marco Polo. You must return to your tent. Are you afraid to be seen with me? No, I am not afraid. Then walk with me a little way into the desert. No one else is yet awake. Come, Marco Polo. But, Princess, I have not the right to walk with you. After all, you are the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan. Soon I will be married to Kublai Khan, placed in his harem, never able to look out on the world again. Surely you do not grudge me a little freedom before my marriage, Marco Polo? Oh, I do not begrudge you any freedom. Then come, walk with me. Tell me more of yourself. Your life in the great city of Venice. Well, I have told you much about Venice. It is the most beautiful city in the world. And there are no streets, no roads there as we have in our cities? Only great waterways where you travel in strange boats? Oh, those boats are called gondolas. I suppose the great Marco Polo has made love to many of the women of Venice. Why do you say that? Oh, I can picture you seated in one of those strange boats beneath the moonlit sky. A myriad shining stars above you. Some dark-eyed lady of your own race nestles close to you, and you murmur words of love in her shell-like ear. You must be gifted with second sight, princess. Have you made love to many women, Marco Polo? Why should I tell you that? Oh, you need not tell me. You are not a very good companion this morning. We are walking a fair way from the camp. Do you not think we should turn back now? Why should we turn back? I have not known much freedom in my life. Let us walk a little further. It is difficult walking over the sand, Marco Polo. I am sorry. Uh, may I assist you? Well, thank you. You know, I sometimes dream, too. Tell me of your dreams. No. No, I will tell you. You dream of great voyages of discovery, 
of bringing new trade to your beloved Venus, of going where no white man has been before. You are strong and determined. There is no place for love in your dreams. <laughs> this time I do not think you have second sight. I have dreamed much lately. Shall I tell you of my dream? I am anxious to hear it. I dreamed that the most beautiful princess raised the gossamer veil which hides her fair face. That Marco Polo looked upon that fair face, and he became enslaved. A strange dream. A dream which, alas, can never come true. <laughs> you are a strange man, Marco Polo, and I like you. Do you? But I fear that you have never known true love. Have you? I am to be married to the great Kublai Khan. But you have never seen him. You cannot be in love with him. The great Khan is loved by all his subjects. How can you love a man whom you have never seen? True. But we women of the East are not allowed to choose those whom we will love. Some are fortunate. They meet men whom they can love for a brief while. Perhaps I am fortunate. Are you in love with someone? Suppose the Princess Zelana, the promised bride of the great Khan, should raise the gossamer veil which hides her features. Suppose that Marco Polo should look upon them. Would the princess let me look upon her features? Just one gaze. The Princess Zelana raises the gossamer veil. Princess, you are more beautiful than I ever dreamed. Oh, I love you, Zilana. You are so strong. Hold me closely, Marco Polo. I wish that I could hold you closely forever and ever. Alas, that cannot be. I am the promised bride of the great Khan, the most powerful ruler in the world. And you risk death by holding me in your arms, Marco Polo. You risk the lives of your father and your uncle. Release me now. We have known one brief moment of paradise. I clung to you and you to me. Now I lower my veil once again. Come, let us return to the camp. Let us wait here a little while. It grows warm. Soon we shall feel the full heat of the day. There is a hot, dry wind. Yes, there has been a hot, dry wind for the last few days. When can we start our journey again? On the morrow, perhaps. If we do that. Suppose that Marco Polo rose early, went to the oasis once again. Would he find a certain princess waiting there to walk in the cool of the morning with him? He might. Look, what can I see approaching? A strange brown cloud. A cloud of dust blots out our view of the camp. It can only mean one thing, Marco Polo. Fear not. I am here to protect you. Have you not heard of the Coronas? I have heard of them. Fierce robbers who roam these plains. They are makers of magic. They raise these clouds of blinding dust so that none can see them approach. I do not believe that they raise the clouds of dust. Nature aids them, and they take advantage of these <coughs> dust storms. It's growing thick. Come close to me. Cling to me, Zilana. Protect me, Marco Polo. I will. Oh, the dust surrounds us. Perhaps I cannot see. It's safer if we wait here for a while. What, what ails you? There, in the ground. An arrow. It fell at your feet. That means that we are attacked by the Coronas. They will put us to death. I am armed only with this knife, but I will fight to save you, Zilana. The robbers approach now. I hear them, but I cannot see them. This is how we are punished, because we sinned. Marco! Marco, are you there? Oh, that is my father's voice. Here, father! Is the princess with you? Yes, she is here, quite safe. May heaven be praised for that. Were you attacked by the coroners? I know not. An arrow fell at our feet, and we heard strange shouts. The dust storm is passing now. Yes, I, I can see you, Marco. I see you now, father. My soldiers are with me. 
We were attacked by the Coronas soon after the dust storm commenced. But we were ready for them. We beat them off, killing several of them. They are men of magic, but we have defeated them. They thought we were a strong body of armed men. We collected all the bearers and the soldiers. We shouted and made much noise. The soldiers discharged their arrows into the advancing robbers. It was a lucky escape. May heaven be praised. The dust storm has almost passed. Oh, already the air feels cooler. Mayhap we can recommence our journey today. A moment. May I ask why Marco Polo is here in the desert with the princess? Yes, Marco. How is it that you and the princess came to be so far away from the camp? Oh, the fault is mine. Let me explain, Captain Nedu. I arose early and decided to take a walk in the cool morning air before the heat became oppressive. Marco Polo must have risen shortly after me. He saw me wandering away into the desert. He did not think that I would be safe. He followed me and bade me return to the camp. While he was talking to me, the dust storm arose. It is well you acted so promptly, Marco Polo. Come, princess. I will now take you to the camp. You must not wander away alone again. We will follow you, Captain. Take your men and the princess back to the camp. Come, my lady. You are safe now. Do not tarry too long, Master Polo. It is growing cooler all the time. And methinks we can start our journey very soon. You men, follow me. And keep a sharp lookout. Marco Polo, tarry here with me. I wish to speak with you. Yes, Father. Did the princess speak the truth when she said she wandered away from the camp alone? Who am I to doubt the word of a princess? Marco, you young scoundrel. You were leading us all to our death. You were warned to keep away from the princess. My uncle, Matthew, I beg that you do not raise your voice. Why did you follow the princess, Marco? Who said that I followed the princess? I was at least instrumental in saving her from the robbers. Nonsense. The soldiers saved her from the robbers. Have a care, Marco. The people of the East have a saying that he who plays with fire is soon severely burned. I know that... Methinks I have played with fire, and the scorching flames have reached my heart. You are rash and foolish. Our task is to enter China, to win the good graces of the great Kublai Khan, not to win his enmity by seeking to make love to one who is his promised bride. You speak words of truth, Father. Do not fear. I will remember those words. I hope you do remember the Marco. Oh, but see, Captain Nadu is returning. The princess is safely in the camp now. My men are standing guard over her. I wish to have a few private words with Marco Polo, if I may. You wish to have a few private words with me? Well, what have you to say? The Princess Silana is the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan. I know that. Bear it in mind, then. He is the ruler of China and the ruler of my master, the Khan of Persia. Should anyone seek to steal the bride of Kublai Khan, it will be my duty to kill that man. I warn you, Marco Polo, have a care.
we now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo and his companions went across the desert towards Pekin, the capital city of China. They took shelter for a while on the plains of Kiermann. There one morning, Marco Polo walked into the desert with the Princess Zelana and declared his love for her. Suddenly they were attacked by a band of robbers known as Coronas. Captain Nadu and his men came swiftly to the rescue and beat off the robbers. The princess was returned safely to the rest of the party. Then Captain Nadu sent for Marco Polo and told him that the Princess Zelana was the promised bride of Kubla Khan. Niccolo and his brother Mafio chided Marco and warned him to cease paying attention to the princess. The little party proceeded on their journey towards Pekin. They halted a few miles from the walls of the city by the side of a strange fountain. This is a strange fountain. I have never seen its like before. It looks to me like an oil fountain. Yes, it is a fountain of oil. It throws a black fluid into the air. I have heard Captain Nadu speak of such fountains. Oh, where is the captain? We will ask him about it. The captain is standing beside the litter of the princess. He will not allow anyone to go near. Uh, it is just as well the captain does not trust you, and neither do I. Oh, my uncle, surely you trust me. Not where the pretty face is concerned. Uncle Mafio, have you seen the face of the princess? Has she lifted her veil for you? No, no, of course not. Uh, Niccolo, send Benno to ask Captain Nadu if he will speak with us. Oh, Benno, come here. You called, my master? Uh, yes, Benno. Go and ask Captain Nadu if he can speak with us. The captain is speaking with the princess now. What is that strange fountain which is throwing a thick black fluid into the air? Uh, we wish to see uh, uh, Captain Nadu about it. Uh. In a few hours' time, we will arrive in the capital, Pekin. Oh, then I am afraid that our lives will be in great danger. Oh, do not say that. I think we will live for a good many years yet. Why, Benno may even return to Venice with a beautiful Chinese bride. <laughs> I shall never marry. I do not like women. What about the angel who came to you in your dream when you were at the palace of the old man of the mountain? She was no angel. That was only a dream. Oh, do not fear, Benno. I think mayhap we will live to make our obeisance before the great Kublai Khan. Mayhap we will be taken into his presence this very day. I pray so. Go now. Tell Captain Nadu. <laughs> oh, Benno, he has followed us into so many countries, and on every journey we have taken, he's been afraid of death. And yet he is still alive, and so are we. And yet our lives may end this very day, if the great Kubla Khan so wills it. Captain Nadu comes now. You demanded my presence, Master Polo? I requested your presence, Captain Nadu. We are very interested in this strange fountain which is throwing liquid many feet into the air. Can you tell us anything about this fountain? This fountain is the property of the great Kublai Khan. It is a fountain of oil. Oh, I thought so. For what purpose is the oil used? Why is it being wasted? Later in the day, many working men will come with great casks into which they will trap the oil. It is used as fuel for sustaining the lamps which light the palace of the great Kublai Khan. No other lamps save those of the palace of the great Khan are lighted with this sacred oil. See? The men come now to gather the oil. The oil comes from the ground. It is the most amazing sight I've ever seen. Just think of it, Marco. 
there may be enough oil in this fountain to supply all the lamps the world over. And yet, the great Khan only allows the oil to be used in his own lamp. No one else would dare to use it. But come, my friends, it is time for us to proceed on our journey. Could we collect some oil from this fountain so that we might have a little to show to our friends in Venice? If you are ever allowed to return to Venice, you will pass this fountain. But I doubt if you ever will return. But I have the ruby ring which the Khan of Persia gave me. Surely that will ensure our safety? That is not for me to say. But come now. We must continue our journey to Pekin. In a few hours, you may be admitted to the presence of the great Kubla Khan. Thus, Marco Polo and his companions probably saw the first oil gusher in the world. They proceeded on their journey, and at last they came to the walls of Pekin, at that time the greatest city in the world. They could see that the walls were closely guarded, and that the enormous brass gates were closed. At the side of one gate was an immense brass gong. The little party came to a halt before the gong, and Captain Nadu's soldiers stood rigidly at attention beside the silken litter of the Princess Zelana. Well, my friends, we are now at the gates of Pekin. It is not too late for you to turn back. Behind these gates, death may await you. I have no desire to turn back. When I have taken the princess to the palace of the great Khan, my task is ended. I will return to Persia. If you care to wait beside these gates, I will return here and take you back to Persia with me. Thus, mayhap, you will save your lives. I think I said that I desire to pass through these gates. Well, what say you, Matthew? Uh, the man is a fool. Does he think we've journeyed all this way just to reach the gates of the city? We are now at the entrance of the city. If we die on the other side of that wall, then we will commend our souls to God. If we live, we will give thanks to him for his graciousness. I am ready to go. And what of you, Marco? I am ready to go into the city to wherever you lead me, Father. Abeno, you heard the words of Captain Nadu. I heard, my master. If you choose, you can remain here till the captain and his soldiers return. They will give you safe conduct to Persia. I will not remain here in safety while you enter the city and face death. If I die, then I die in your presence, O oh, my master. I trust that we will not have to witness your death, Benno. If I ever do return to Venice this time, I will never leave there again. But I am afraid, my master, that we will never see the city of Venice again. Be not afraid, Benno. Be of good heart. If we die, we shall die together. Master Marco, I beg you to take care, or mayhap you will die before we pass through the gates into this city. If you are prepared to go through the gates, my friends... I will strike this brass gong. The gates will open, and Van Chu, the governor of the city, will advance to meet us. Oh, think you that Van Chu will be well disposed towards us? I know not. Van Chu is the nephew of the great Kubla Khan. Some say that he is ambitious, and that he has designs upon the throne. But the Khan likes him well enough. That is why he is governor of the city. May I ask a favor of you, Captain Nadu? What favor do you ask of me? May I speak a few words of farewell to the Princess Solana before she is carried to the palace of the great Kublai Khan? What do you wish to say to her? The princess was put in my charge by the Khan of Persia. I have done all I could for her comfort and security. I wish now to take my leave of this lady. 
Mayhap I will never see her again. You may speak with her in my presence. There are soldiers watching us from the walls. They will know that the promised bride of the great Kubla Khan is expected. So be it. I will speak to her in your presence. Wait you here, father. I go now with Captain Nadu to speak with the Princess Zalana. I should not allow this. These women, they will be the death of you. Thank you, Captain. You're a very foolish young man. And I fear that you are about to die. You are not very cheerful, Captain Nadu. Always you have a jest upon your lips. But mark my words, you will have to take great care. We are now approaching the litter of the princess. I will stand a little distance away. So if you lower your voices, I will not be able to hear what you say. Thank you, Captain Nadu. I appreciate your kindness and your generosity. I was once in love myself. You men will march over here with me. Zelana. Marco Polo, I never thought that I would have the pleasure of speaking with you again. I beg Captain Nadu to allow us to have a few minutes together. It may be the last time we will see each other, Zelana. Oh, I had dreamt that you were enslaved. Then your dream has come true, my princess. For I am always your slave. I have your image always before me. You see, my eyes are red with weeping because I am so unhappy. Because you love me? Because I love you. But I should not love you. I am the promised bride of the great Kublai Khan. My love should be given to him. I am wicked. Oh, no. You are not wicked. I love you, Zilana. But since you are to be taken from me, I dare not attempt to escape with you because my uncle and my father would be killed if I did. But mayhap, one day, after I have returned to Venice, you will have need of me. If ever you are in danger, if ever I can serve you, send me this ring. And no matter where I may be, if I have breath in my body, I will come to you. Oh, Marco, I take the ring. It is such a big ring. Too big for your little fingers. Dare I touch that small white hand? Dare I raise it to my lips? Take care, Marco Polo. There are soldiers watching you from the walls. You must leave the princess now. I come now. Take the ruby ring and keep it, Zalana. Mayhap. I will never see you again, but always remember that I love you. And I love you too, Marco Polo. I am coming, Marco Polo. You may come, Captain Nadu. I have bade farewell to the princess. Your men will take up your positions on either side of the litter. When the gates open, the litter will be carried through first. Uh, now we will go over to your father. I owe you my heartfelt thanks for allowing me to speak with the princess, Captain Nadu. Oh, come, Marco. Come, Captain Nadu. We have been waiting for you. Is it not time for us to enter the city? For my part, if we never enter the city, it will be time enough. We have delayed long enough. Are you not going to strike the gong, Captain Nadu? I see that you are determined to enter the city. I have tried to persuade you to return to Persia with me. When I strike the gong, it may mean that you will live. It may mean that you will die. Let us pray it will mean that we will live that we may win the friendship of the great Kublai Khan. And yet the Khan has vowed to kill all white men who enter the city of Pekin. Then, if it means our death, it will be the will of God. Strike the gong, Captain Nadu, so that we may enter the city of Pekin. (laughs) 